This is Greg Sporton from Big Big Train, and you are listening to my Prog 5 on The Prog Report. Hi, my name is Greg Sporton. I write songs and play bass for Big Big Train. I've been asked by the good people at Prog Report to choose five songs, and uh, what is cool is that that's all I've been asked to do. I've not been given any other ground rules or requirements. So I thought I'd um, approach this uh, in my own way and try and take the listener on a, a little journey through my story as a fan of progressive rock. Uh, I'm going to start with the band that got me into prog rock. Um, and this takes us back in time to 1977 when I was 12 years old. Um, I was a choir boy, but apart from that, really wasn't doing anything in music or listening to much music apart from the pretty good pop music that my parents had on in the car uh, on longer journeys. But my brother, who was five years older than me, uh, was getting heavily into music. Um, and just before he jumped ship and uh, headed down a sort of new wave route, he was listening to prog rock and he came back from a shopping trip one day with an album called Selling England by the Pound. And this is the album that got me into prog rock. My brother would wait until my parents were out and play it at ear-splitting volume and sections of music really began to connect with me. I particularly remember the little guitar refrain in Dancing with the Moon at Night which you know, was a real earworm and hooked me and made me want to explore more deeply. So the obvious thing to do would be to start uh, my selection of songs with a track from Selling England by the Pound. But instead I'm going to go a little bit further back in time to 1971 and choose a song from the Nursery Crime album. This album was where Genesis began to really fire on all cylinders. Uh, Phil Collins had just joined uh, and the songwriting was beginning to reach a, you know, a really strong level. And I'm going to select a song called Seven Stones, which um, is not... Uh, well, I think it, it doesn't really get the appreciation it should do. It's a lovely little five-minute piece uh, with an astonishing Mellotron break uh, towards the end that makes the hair stand up on the back of your neck. And that, for me, is what music is all about. Seven thousand 
So after spending some time uh, listening to Genesis and, and buying lots of their albums, I started to explore the, the nooks and crannies of Prague, um, the more obscure corners. And one band that I fell headlong in love with uh, is Van de Graaff Generator. They never achieved the uh, commercial success of um, their contemporaries, um, but in artistic terms, they are absolutely up there. And I'm going to choose a, a song uh, of theirs uh, from another album released in 1971. I obviously have a thing for that year. This is a song uh, from the Porn Hearts album, uh, and it's called Man Erg. Um, I think uh, what this song does is uh, really show off uh, Peter Hamill's ability to write quite anthemic uh, music. You know, it's not all dark explorations of crazy riffs you know there's some real anthemic stuff in their material and again in this song uh, which I've been lucky enough to see them play live there are two or three moments which are truly transcendent so this is Manerg by Van de Graaff Generator <laughs> Thank you. 
Throws his cloak into 
monsters of my youth And solemn waiting old man in the gables of the roof
guess it isn't controversial to say that uh, England is the spiritual home of prog. But there are many other countries that have produced some amazing progressive rock artists. So I'm going to play a song now from one of my favourite bands. Um, it's a band from Italy, a band called Premiata Forneria Marconi. Um, and they made a, a handful of really extraordinary albums in the early to mid-70s, um, of, of which um, this is probably my favourite. Uh, it's an album called Per and Amico. The song is called A Penna and Poe. I think I've said that correctly. I think it means just a little bit. And here is just a little bit of PFM.
So, Genesis, Van de Graaff Generator, PFM, alongside uh, Yes, King Crimson, UK, uh, Camel and a few others. Those were kind of the, the bands that saw me through uh, a happy period in the in the late 1970s. But by 1980, 1981, it seemed that prog rock had run its course uh, and the bands were all, you know, for me, uh, releasing less interesting music. Um, and what I didn't understand being a, a spotty teenager at the time was that it was probably the, the labels that were pushing them to do that. But irrespective of the reason, it seemed that uh, prog rock was, well, it had had its day. And then in the early 80s, there was uh, a little a little scene in England uh, where a few bands started to play music that was recognisably progressive rock. Bands like Twelfth Night, Solstice, Marillion, Palace, Pendragon. And that scene coalesced around a very famous club in London called The Marquee. And I used to travel down to uh, London from the Midlands every couple of weeks to see uh, a show uh, from one of these bands. Um, and what I didn't realise at the time was that, um, you know, I was a good company. There were uh, people like Stephen Wilson and Jerry Ewing in the audience, uh, all being uh, influenced and entertained by... Uh, that little scene uh, that came together for a brief period of time. Um, and then as that scene began to fizzle out, it really did feel in the mid-80s that Prague uh, was over. And uh, I went off to university and, you know, I was probably listening to things like David Sylvian and Prefab Sprout and, you know, uh, really good pop music. And then in the later 1980s, my friends back in Sutton Caulfield in the Midlands um, started to talk about this band called It Bites. And they insisted that uh, I go to see them. Uh, and I did. And uh, I was blown away. Um, it Bites uh, sort of burned very briefly and very brightly. Uh, their record label seemed to want to sort of route them into the teenage market. Um, so they had... Uh, you know, a kind of uh, sharp haircut and uh, funny clothes um, look going on in the early days. But uh, when I saw them live, it be became clear that um, this was a band of really serious musicians. Um, uh, and they were led by uh, an extraordinary guitar player called Francis Dunnery. Um, and they were, they were just a, a brilliant live band, brilliant live act, and made uh, three, three very strong albums. Uh, and really... Uh, I think actually got me back into progressive rock at a time when I was drifting away from it. And I think they were extremely important in terms of us uh, creating a, a sort of template for the early Big Big Train songs, uh, which started to come together in 92, 93. So the song uh, I'm going to choose um, uh, from It Bites uh, is called Ice Melts Into Water. Thank you. 
So I've reached the last of my uh, five songs on this little journey through uh, my life as a as a progressive rock listener and fan. I don't um, listen to much new music these days. Most of my time is spent on writing or recording or playing. And if your ears are full of music all day, it's not necessarily the thing you want to do. So I will likely go read a book or watch telly or something. Um, However, there is, I know, much really wonderful new music being made these days. Um, And I'm going to finish with um, a band that has come to mean a great deal to me in recent years, a band from Denmark called Mew. Uh, Now, Mew are a kind of art rock band, I guess, Um, But in their interviews, they have mentioned um, being influenced by sort of later periods of Genesis. And they clearly have a sort of a a bit of a prog rock thing in the melting pot of their music. Now, one particular song of theirs I really, really love. I I love many of them, but this is my favourite. It's called Comforting Sounds. And it's a great way to end an album, a gig and a radio show. So thank you uh, to Prog Report for... Uh, inviting me to choose five songs and thank you very much for listening to my choices.
Nobody is gained or calm. 